You're listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider. What am I supposed to do? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brandon Jaggers. I don't know. Just say something about uh, concert tour. And me, CC Broadus. No, I didn't even see that race. Hello and welcome and a happy Saturday to all of our friends out there. This is episode 72 of the Auxiliary Gate podcast. And it's a beautiful weekend, a good day for football, huge Breeders' Cup ramifications on this Saturday and then uh, uh, some on Sunday. Uh, And we're going to talk closing day pick six at Churchill Downs. And I'm joined as always by Alan Schneider. Alan, how are you doing? I am brimming with anticipation because as much as I love horse racing and as much as I love this Kentucky racing and these two wonderful weekend cards at Churchill, it's Kentucky, Florida today down in Lexington. As soon as we wrap this bad boy up, I'm heading down there. I know you're heading down there, CC, to join me, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But, but in the meantime, we had to save a little time for handicapping horse playing because, again, there's a great a couple of great cards today, and tomorrow's a very tough pick-six sequence at Churchill on a mandatory closing day, so we thought we'd... Talk through it a little bit. Not guarantee we're going to have any success. However, we'll give it a shot because that's what we're here for, right? Absolutely. Uh, some big-time uh, Breeders' Cup Classic prep races today. we got Nick's Go at Churchill. We've got Maxfield and Code of Honor in the Woodward at Belmont. And then later on tonight, we've got Medina Spirit running in the awesome again against uh, Tripoli. Uh, this this uh, classic shapes up to be a really really fun race. Uh, all those that I just mentioned, plus you add in essential quality, hot rod Charlie, should be uh, should be a fun a fun race to handicap and to witness if uh, if they all stay together uh, here in about a, a month, just a little bit over a month's time at Del Mar. Yeah, and what do you think next? The goal goes off at today at church. He's up against Tacitus and Sprawl, and you know, I mean, I got to think it's one to five, don't you? He's every bit of one to five. I, I mean, Tastis at what three to one, seven to two, yeah. four to one. You know. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I think the morning line is Tastis at five to two. Uh, I'm not touching that against next goal. I mean, I think a horse should have everything his own way there today. So, probably a great prep for the horse. So, and then um, a couple of races later, Bo Liam makes his stakes debut. I'm kind of excited to see what that horse can do going a mile. I think that's probably going to be a springboard to the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Yeah, it's actually a decent little field there. I guess Bolium doesn't have to win because it is the one-turn mile, which can be demanding if you haven't done it before. He's a rightful favorite. Uh, again, we'll be at the game, but if I were playing the race, maybe I, maybe I do. I probably have to use a couple against Bolium today, but, uh, then again, that might be foolhardy as he could just, I mean, the horse maybe on another world talent, another, uh, world talent wise. All right. Well, without further ado, let's fast forward to Sunday which is closing day of the Churchill Downs. I don't know if they, they used to call this the homecoming meet. I don't know what they call it now, but it's the, the September meet. And uh, we're anticipating the pick six carryover to Sunday's card, which will be, mean it's a mandatory payout. I mean, I, I can't imagine. Unless, the only way this thing doesn't carry probably is if uh, both Nick's go and Bo Liam loses. Right, exactly. Uh, uh, it, 
Otherwise, there'll be, be some whales. There'll be some whales that probably bet against Nick Skull, some some bigger players to try to scoop a pool. But again, I think if, if Nick Skull wins, I got to think this thing carries to tomorrow. Right. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. But it's probably going to be in the uh, ballpark of a of a hundred thousand dollar carryover, which means a uh, a, a pool probably somewhere around six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand. I might. I wouldn't be surprised if it's higher than that on a Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I could, could see it pushing a million. Before we go any further, I want to talk about this little cat that's in my house. This uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm babysitting Amanda's kitten, two month old kitten, and uh, we're not seeing eye to eye right now. He's uh, he wants to play at the court on my uh, laptop, and I've got a fly swatter, and I I swatted him pretty good a couple of times, and he he just is like, yeah, I want more. Bring me again, <laughs> hit me again. And he hasn't, uh, he hasn't pooped since Thursday. Oh that dear. Makes me nervous. Yeah, that makes me a little nervous. Because that's two of us. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah, so we, yeah, we're it's touch and go here at my house right now. Well you're gonna be a lot of fun at the game today then. Yeah. And Amanda's kitten, which which Ramsey horse is that? I don't know if I remember that that Ramsey Amanda's horse. Amanda's kitten is a is a son of uh, Kitten's Joy. <laughs> Out of Amanda Hug and Kiss. Out of Amanda Hug and Kiss. <laughs> So anyway, yeah. So this is my weekend in a nutshell. I'm getting ready to cage this thing up and head to head to Lexington. But anyway, back to uh, the matters at hand. We've got to handicap this uh, pick six mandatory payout at Church of Down. So we're going to kick it off with race five. This is a seven furlong starter allowance. Phillies and mares who've started for a claiming tag of twenty thousand dollars. I tell you what, when you're playing a pick six. On a limited budget, you've almost got to have at least four good opinions. Agreed. Otherwise, your ticket's going to be outlandish. Now, if you if you're in with a bunch of other people, you don't necessarily have to have that. Uh, you don't have to have an opinion in every single race or most of the races. But I feel like I can narrow down race five. The morning line favorite is going to be the seven flat awesome Jenny. This is a mare that's won three in a row, claimed by Norm Cassie last time. Cassie ships her from Saratoga to Churchill, adds Tyler Gaffleon, and I think this one's probably going to be the, the horse to beat. Uh, and then you've got Jungle Juice, the two mare, a daughter of Bungle in the Jungle, jungle for Anamia. This filly, or this mare has made three starts in September, one start in August. This is her... This is her fifth start in less than two months, but she's dropping in class. She's five to two. Those are the two main players. How did you see race five? I will just outline because this could take a while, and again, uh, we don't want to go too long. I will just outline the horse that I would like to have on my ticket uh, overall for the most part, and you people can do it as they see fit. Um, you mentioned the two that I would have to have, two of the ones I would have to have. I, I do believe Flat Awesome Jenny is the one to beat the former Mike Tomlinson horse. This is uh, seven furlongs, so I think that distance hits this horse between the eyes. It's a wind machine, has 11 wins, uh, three in a row, as a matter of fact, or two from Barnes. It's a deal, and it's Norm Cassie claimed the horse. Norm Cassie does really well with claims. He spots his horse as well with claims, and he seems like he improves them, and he attracts Tyler Gaffleon. A lot of signs point to that horse, but, again, we are talking pick six, and uh, if you don't want to get knocked out that early, I, I would use – Four total. I would want to have four. Whether I can afford it's a different story. You're a four mentioned uh, Jungle Juice. 
Uh, Jungle Deuce did kind of stop last time. It was against much better. And if, the, if Jungle Deuce ran his best race or ran her best race, I mean, she could easily win this race. But, again, she's ran so often, and the horse fits its condition, so they thought they'd throw her in her. So we don't, I'm wondering if they're running her too much or the horse is just better. So because of that, you got to be on the ticket. I'd also use Larmar for the aforementioned Mike Tomlinson and Joe Rocco. It's seven for a long trip. Uh, this horse loves to win. He's five of his last seven on the dirt. And it's my man Tomlinson going seven furlongs. So that's a must use for me. And again, it's a pick six. So if you want to go the contrary, I would maybe consider money well spent for Chris Hartman and our buddy Sachs. Get Mitch, get rich. Bet Mitch, get rich. Mitchell Merle board. They, they claim this horse knowing that he'd be eligible for this 20,000 starter uh, pack. So I would like to use those four horses in this race. Uh, Flight Awesome, Jenny the seven. Uh, the two jungle juice, the three Larmar, and the five money well spent. And again, that's if I can afford it. Yeah, I agree. I agree with those that four pack. I think that four pack kind of sows the race up and gets you gets you to the next uh, race. So the next race is the one that is a conundrum for me. Race six is a maiden claimer for two year old Colts with a claiming tag of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now the interesting thing about this race is you know on the surface you think wow. These are really nice horses if they they want one hundred fifty thousand dollars for them uh, from uh, from a claiming perspective. In reality, there's not going to be a lot of good horses in here. This is a uh, this is a right. uh, I, I don't know what you call it. It, it, it. No no trainer is going to risk a decent horse for one hundred fifty thousand because that's that's chump change to a lot of owners in this day and age. Uh, so. These are horses that are just not good enough to compete at the maiden special weight level. Probably don't have a real bright future, in my opinion. Unless, you know, unless you, you find a horse that that was bought at the sale for like uh, like this one horse for Dorchenko, twenty thousand dollars. He probably doesn't have any problem risking the horse for one hundred fifty. If, if somebody were to take the horse, he'll probably make more money off the claim than he would ever if the the horse's racing career. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, but it's uh. Interesting race, nonetheless. It's wide open. Uh, the morning line favorite. Wow, nine to two, I believe. Maybe nine yeah. to two on the three horse. That's insane. Doctor Nash from Brad Cox Barn, son of Practical Joke, that ran fourth behind a horse that I'm really high on. Freelancer. Freelancer ran third in the lounge race after blowing the break. And then another horse, Gano, was second. That was from Brad Cox Barn. That horse finished second. He was well back that day. I think he may have went off three to five, four to five. Dr. Nash ran fourth. But they're risking this horse for the $150,000 tag, and Florent Giroux takes them out. Your thoughts on race six? Uh, this is a this is a pick six sequence. You got to pick six winners. You had to take some stands somewhere. You had to get a little risky. This race appears wide open. I'm going to try to narrow it to two horses, which is probably foolhardy. And one of them uh, you touched on very, very briefly. With That's the morning line favorite, 9-2, to two, Dr. Nash, the three horse for Brad Cox. You were talking about the $150,000 price tag a moment ago. And some trainers do can use this as a bit of a launching pad. I, I don't know why they drop it down. One guy who does use this tag a lot to success is Brad Cox. And one name that comes to mind off the top of my head, who used this same tag, if I'm not mistaken, is a horse called Evil Lynn. I believe he dropped him down looking kind of iffy early in his career, and I think he dropped him into the 150 spot. 
and that horse went on to win several stakes races. I bet this horse is close to half a million dollars in earnings. So that tells me that Brad Cox, because he has so many horses and he's got to find spots to run, that he may look at this as a little more of an opportunity than some other folks do. So I want to use Dr. Nash. I think Cox might have two in here. I might be wrong about that. Uh, maybe he doesn't have the one, but he attracts Florent Giroux because he gave uh, Martin Martin Garcia the ride first time out. He was up against a freelancer who was a really, really good Brendan Walsh horse for Godolphin. Um, the horse is by practical joke. Only cost 135000 at the sale, so it's a $150,000 tag. Showed a little speed. Uh, I think this horse might be might be live in here in this spot. So I do like the number three, Dr. Nash. The one other I will use is the five horse cohesion and another, a second time, uh, bet Mitch get rich. Shout out to sack with Chris Hartman here. This horse is by the damn high techno weenie who produced has produced one winner and two stars, but that winner is tonal shape who as a very young horse, I believe is a two year old rattle off four or five big time wins. Uh, down at Goldstream and other places. I believe they're most somewhere at one turn, which is what this race is. So, and connects actually off to a pretty decent start as a sire. So I'm going to narrow it down to two here. Probably get kicked out in leg two, but you got to take a chance. Give me the three, Dr. Nash, and the five, Cohesion. I'm uh exact opposite of you as far as uh, going narrow. I'm spreading here. I don't blame I you. Don't have a, I don't have a real opinion on the race. I think you, you used two of the ones that I'm going to use. But uh, there's others in here that I think might have a shot. I, I would give another shot to uh, Duke of Edinburgh. Or is it Berg or Burl? Duke of Edinburgh. Duke of Edinburgh, I guess, yeah. Edinburgh, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I would give that. That's a second-time starter for Ian Wilkes. You always give a, a horse a, a race sometimes. Uh, and then, you know, a horse like uh, Rome for Brad Cox, uh, it's a son of Empire Maker, making his second start. Comes out of a tough maiden race. Max time. Uh, won that maiden race that Rome finished fifth in, in in that debut effort. Max Time's going to run in Breeders' Future Charity. And there's Gano again. Gano made his second start in that race, finished third. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm i using uh, several of these. I'm probably going to use the 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 12. Uh, and I probably could be convinced to use some more if, uh, if I absolutely had to. Because I, I think uh, anything could happen in that spot. Hey, one quick thing before we go on to the next race. You mentioned the 12 that's down cold for Steve Asmussen by Mastery. Again, this horse is a $125,000 purchase. This race is 150. I can, and this horse was gilded since his last start, which makes, which makes sense why they would drop him into this 150 spot, uh, because selling for 125. And he attracts Tyler, uh, coming from Monmouth is usually a toss for me, but I would give this horse a tad bit of look. Again, I'm going to use the two ones I mentioned. So, but the horse effect is this horse was gelded. They're dropping from 150 when he costs 125. That makes sense being a gelding. That makes sense. And so that would be a, uh, an alternative selection for me. And I also pay attention to the scratches to see if the 13 Camargo draws in a first timer for, again, Steve Asmussen by Gormley, who's off to a great start. And again, this horse costs 140,000. The, the tag is 150,000. So that makes sense. So I would pay attention if the 13 drew in. Okay, race seven. Phillies and Mares three and up. A other than mile on the sixteenth. The morning line choice is number four, Misty Vale, who's been a good claim for Tom Amos. Maggie Moss has never been worse than second in four starts since the claim on May thirty first. Uh, Misty Vale is probably going to be the the supreme 
speed in this race. Mm-hmm. Like anybody wants to run with her going two turns, I think she's going to be very dangerous. Uh, Misty Vale is going to be my top pick. The other one I would consider using is number six, Sambley Juice from the Kenny McPeak barn. Uh, and uh, I'll let you go on, uh, and then I'll come back to Sambley Juice on why I like her. But uh, anything else strike your fancy in race seven? Well, I was going to not use Sambley Juice, and I'm actually happy you, you mentioned him simply because I didn't know how to pronounce it. Um, but I can also say that you mentioned Misty Vale. And that horse is double tough, uh, been a great claim, tough as nails on the front end. I could see some people maybe looking for a single and picking this horse. I can't make the horse a single in that regard because uh, the last two has given the lead up at the top of the stretch and been and been soundly soundly beaten for second, though still ran big races. Uh, one to two at Monmouth for some reason didn't finish the job there. Maybe that horse at Beam is just that good. But I'd had to have Misty Vale. The three I would use are Misty, but number one, Misty Vale, number, I'm sorry, number four, Misty Vale, number one, Dame Cinco, because you mentioned McPeak earlier for Sambley Juice, Brian Hernandez is on this horse, and Brian Hernandez has one on Sambley Juice, so he won on Dame Cinco last time with plenty left in the tank, uh, so he picks Dame Cinco, I would have to have that one on my ticket for Sharita Vo, who does excellent work. This horse, once they've stretched him out, uh, the light has went on. It's not just the fact that he's stretched out in his first three starts, which are kind of iffy. Uh, some layoffs and stuff. He raced against some really good horses. Look at those running lines. Abrogate, uh, Little Tootsie, uh, Love Me Some Me, Played Hard. The first, there were some tough uh, customers he was knocking early on, or she was knocking early on. Stretches him out. Brian Hernandez gets aboard, and... The horse looks like it's in, in pretty good form. So I want that one on my ticket. And the, in the event that the two, the Missy Vale and Dame Cinco, were to hook up, God throw my buddy, our buddy Michelle Lovell, in there with maybe later for a couple of reasons. Uh, I thought this horse always had a bit of a talent and maybe pick up the pieces and maybe the two hook up, they come running. But I'd also add that Michelle invited us to the barn last week. I took my wife, Nicole, and my daughter, Cassie, out there. And those two went, and those two uh, fillies of mine absolutely love Maybe Later. Maybe Later is their buddy. They love this horse. Uh, as nice can be, shout out to Jerry Romans and Mary Jo and Michelle for having us out there. And this is Jerry Romans' horse. So uh, if the two were to falter, I could see Maybe Later picking the piece. And I can tell you right now that my wife and daughter will be rooting for this horse. I'm glad you pointed out that uh, Hernandez is riding Dame Cinco. I totally missed that when I was handicapping the race. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm probably, that, the, uh, effort two starts back, she was beaten by Thanos Zapper. I know Thanos Zapper is well regarded from the, uh, Keneally barn. Yeah. Yeah. So that, uh, that Philly kind of woke up that day. And then the, the race, uh, that was near closing day, the August 28th race where she broke her maiden by four lengths. She didn't beat a whole lot that day. No. But the way she did it, you know, she was professional. I think she's, uh, I think you're right. I, she's probably, Philly Bears using uh, the reason I want to use Samba Juiced is, of course, we all know about the uh, the quarantine that uh, McPeak's Farm was placed under back at the beginning of the Saratoga meet. Well, she finally got on the track at Saratoga in a lounge trace and stumbled, and it was just a basically a give. And then McPeak brought her back to Kentucky Downs on the, of course, on the grass. Even though this filly's bred to run on turf, her grandsire is the great sire, Invincible Spirit, and her, her, her damn sire 
is a high chaparral. We won the Breeders' Cup turf. This this filly wants nothing to do with uh, with grass. Uh, she's old for five. Never hit the board on the turf, but her dirt runs have been a whole lot better. She's one for four on the dirt and has a third place finish. I think if she can run back to that June twelfth effort at Churchill Downs, where she ran a career best buyer, she beat a nice Chad Brown filly named Smith's Point, who I think has not come back yet. And then there was another next out winner in there, uh, Bold Tactics, who was third. I think uh, if she can duplicate something like that, she's all right. And I think she's fit now and uh, ready to go. Uh, like I said, though, it's interesting that Hernandez doesn't take them out. Maybe he likes uh, maybe he likes Dame Cinco better. But uh, uh, I have no problems with Leperu. So, yeah, if if I can afford it, I'm going to go uh, one, four, six. In okay. Reset. Sounds great. All right. We're halfway through the sequence. Race eight, another toughie, made in special weight, two-year-old fillies going a flat mile, the one-turn mile. The favorite is number three, Avisa from the Brandon mm-hmm. Walsh barn, daughter of Union Rags. Uh, she's 0 for 2, making her third start. Adam Biskitza takes the mount. And how did you see race number eight? I think this is a tough one. Not not overly tough because I think there's some tosses in here. I'm not going to use Secret Oath with Wayne Lucas, even though – uh, the horse by a damn called Absinthamine, who who ran for Lucas, who was tough as nails. And the nine is a complete toss start class. So automatically you've been able to narrow this down a little bit. When I first looked at the race, I was kind of on love to run for Mark Cassie. Then take a close because the horse runs second in Saratoga and a kind of a run on second. But take a closer look. In both her races, uh the clothes, they're going a one-turn mile here. So I want to have some horses got some finish to it, okay? And you look at the, again, I, I've talked about this before. I'm a, I'm a believer in the Brisnet pace figs. I don't get into numbers like some people do and stuff. I trust my eyes. I trust my thought process and stuff. I don't crunch numbers and run through the computer. I don't get in all that, but I do pay attention to the, the Brisnet pace figs. And I'm a little concerned that the two late pace figs on this horse so far, including the second at Saratoga, the horse essentially slowed down. Uh, it looks like he was coming on, uh, or she was coming on and did it again. But the late pace figs only is 73. And that's not to say that it gets Tyler. The horse, they paid 640,000 for this horse and connects a $15,000 sire. So that, that, that raises that you got to maybe consider it. But I, after looking at, looking a little closer, I thought maybe I'd fade the horse. I'm not saying that I won't include it, but the two that I'm intrigued by the most are the six sandstone for McPeak and Brian Hernandez. Those two guys have been on fire this meet. McPeak's not just winning. When his horses win, they're destroying fields. I'm not saying this one will. Uh, the debut was kind of iffy, but I like the work tab coming back. The damn Seattle Shimmer has thrown some runners, has thrown some consistent runners. I like off the layoff. Uh, this horse sold for 165, uh, which doesn't sound like a lot, but McPeak doesn't spend a fortune, uh, for, especially for a street sense. So I want to have Sandstone on the ticket, and I also want to have the two uh, Elvisa. Initially, Three. essentially – the three of this, I'm sorry. Uh, horses with, with this kind of running line at Ellis Park don't really thrill me going to, going to a one-turn mile at Churchill because I want to see a horse that can truly close, uh, that either had some serious stamina. This horse may have just ran on for second, as I mentioned a moment ago. But this horse did run second to Juju's map, who was, who was Brad Cox, bet down like two to five that day. Well clear of a decent McPeak horse called Bunduki. And, again, if you go back to these Brisnet pace figs, 86, 89, 88 significant across the board. His late pace fig towers over some of the other ones in this field. So I think this horse might be able to finish. 
So give me the six sandstone, the three Elvisa, and maybe, maybe I'll throw in love to run. Well, I'm just going too deep here. Uh, the Evisa and Sandstone were the ones that uh, that I like the most. Nice. Uh, Evisa, like you said, ran second to Juju's map. Juju's map is probably going to be the favorite in the Alcibiades on Friday at Keeneland for Brad Cox. This one goes for Alba Racing. Uh, she ran a big number in her debut. I don't know. Somehow she got beat that day by uh, Control, uh, the yeah. Mike McCarthy runner. And then she came back and uh, obliterated this field. I thought Avissa ran pretty well there. I think she finished strong. That race was fast. Went 135-2 and two for a mile. That's racehorse time for two-year-old fillies, to be sure. So is uh, the one I like. Sandstone, like you said, I think uh, I think McPeak might have been pointing for this spot. And uh, I would expect her to, to, to rally. She finished uh, fifth behind Behave Virginia, who came back to, to win the debutante stakes at Churchill over the summer. So that's good enough for me. I think, unfortunately, though, those are going to be the, the top two favorites. You know, you think so? I, I, yeah. I think Sandstone will be a decent price. I think you'd probably get five to one on Sandstone. Yeah. If she's live. I think people can see – if she's live, I think people can look at Love to Run, finish the second in Saratoga, and vibe with the Avisa for favoritism. But uh, I'm just – I'm fading Love to Run. I'm not – I mean, it may, it may cost me, but uh, those are – I think we're in agreement on the two I, we like. Yeah, I'd love to run. My problem, love to run. I mean, you know, she's fine, like you said. But I mean, she's. I see speedometer in the in the running lines there. That, that, I think that Philly's kind of been a disappointment for Asmussen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't care much for. Her. I'm just going too deep here. So Fair. two races to go. Race nine allowance optional climber seven furlongs on the dirt, and the favorite is number four pneumatic making his return. This horse ran in the. The Whopper Job Belmont Stakes from last year, and then he won the the Pegasus Stakes at Monmouth, and then he finished tenth of eleven in the Preakness Stakes. He's been off since then. He returns for the Asmussen Barn, Winchell Thoroughbreds, son of Uncle Mo. Horse has a bright future. What do you like? I'm gonna let you start because you have a stronger opinion here than I do, and I'm gonna let you talk me in to saving some money and singling here. I'm gonna let I'm, you start. Well, I'm single pneumatic. I mean, it's not a it's not a gutsy single by any stretch. I mean, the, I think it is. I just think this horse is going to have. I think he had a bright future. Uh, we watched this horse. Uh, uh, he ran third behind Maxfield in his stakes debut at Churchill. We, you know, at that point, we knew the Derby was going to be run in sept, uh, September. We thought this horse might be a prime Derby prospect if he if he developed. Uh, they ran him in the Belmont. That was probably too much too soon. Then he then he like I said he he won the Pegasus Stakes. Uh, beat a nice horse named Jesus's team. Jesus's team came back and ran third in the Preakness. And I think he ran third in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile as well. So, uh, pneumatic reminds me of a horse like Silver State. Silver State, uh, took a long break, showed up at Keeneland. I think maybe going seven furlongs, something like that. And he just obliterated that field. I think pneumatic is probably along the same lines. I think they've got, uh, they're very interested to see what this horse can do. And maybe in a late four year old campaign, five year old campaign, maybe they might even point him to the Clark. They might go, uh, something like, uh, win this allowance race, go to the Fayette and then go to the Clark handicap, which is a great one at the end of the Churchill meet. So yeah, pneumatic is my single. And, uh, you know, I mean, that, that's, that's where I stand. Now, there's a couple of good horses in here, Eben and Necker Island. I think both of them are nice. If, uh, pneumatic stubs his toe, you might want to, might uh, see one of those pick up the pieces late, but uh, I'll turn it over to you. 
Uh, you've talked me into it because I went in this race hating this race because there's talented horses uh, who are coming off layoffs, and there's other horses in decent form who may not be as talented. But you've kind of talked me into pneumatic as maybe if, if as a and I, I think it's a bold single because this this I don't care who your single is here. If this thing quote unquote chalked out, it still pegs. I think this is a pretty tough pick six sequence. I think pneumatic is if you have a strong opinion on pneumatic, I'm all for it. Um, he did tank it in the Preakness last year, but that Preakness was in September. But I'm looking at the work tab here and it's, well, I see one, two, three, four, seven straight works. They're all five furlongs. And a little, little it's a little interesting. It makes me think that this is a quote unquote preference. It tells me that this, that this is indeed a prep that they think they can win for something longer down the road that they're, that they are going to try a silver state approach with this horse. And maybe they are going for looking these mile and eighth races down the road or something. So I like the idea with, with pneumatic you have sold me, but it gets Brian Hernandez. Where's Ricardo Santana at? He's obviously he's riding somewhere else. He's not riding for all these ass muscle horses. Do you know, is he in Belmont? Well, hold on. Uh, keep talking. I'll see if I can find it. But, uh, I would say he is. I know he's probably there today, but, uh, Brian Hernandez has ridden as, as well as anybody uh, this meet at Churchill. He's just given professional on the point rides. So I kind of like the fact he shows up here. So I understand the single aspect. I, I was considering Evan, but he, again, he's off a layoff, but that horse is a one turn specialist. But again, uh, layoffs for a six year old against this type of horses might be a little tricky. Lamartine's in good form. Uh, Necker Island is real is back going back to one turn on the dirt. That's what he needs to do. He would probably be my alternative selection. And then Michelle's done a great job with Sky. We trust it came off an 18 month layoff to is actually in career best form. Seems like the horse is in over his head a little bit, but again, you know, it's Michelle and Colby Hernandez. Sonneman is kind of a one pace class horse. All the ones I just mentioned, I would consider, but if, if you like pneumatic that much, I would consider singling him as well. Santana's riding a pair of uh, Aspies and Juveniles in the Frisette and the Champagne. And well, that makes completely sense. I would do the same thing. thing. That's today, though. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe I he's know. got something going on tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. All that work I just did. I, <laughs> I think this, this is either pneumatic or it, it gets a little wide open here. Uh, that doesn't help, but I hope CC helps uh, anybody listening out. And hopefully, Matt gets the job done for him. Yeah. Tenth race. Final race with the. Short Churchill meet. This is a maiden special weight. Phillies and mares going a flat mile, one-turn mile again. And I've learned over the years these races are absolute garbage. <laughs> they are. They are. It's like this. The main turf race they used to have out there. This is right the older, the Philly and mare, three and up, three-year-olds and up, going especially right at the ground at Churchill. Throw a dart sometimes, man. Throw a dart. Absolutely. Yeah, the morning line favorite is number three, Surrealist, for McPeak and Hernandez. And... This filly is over eight, and she's actually a better filly on turf, but she returns to the dirt, probably because there's not a lot of places to go uh, this time of year. But uh, I've got a couple long shots in here I like. Oh. I'm interested to hear your opinion, though. I'm going to narrow this to three horses because, again, we've talked. I don't know how this my ticket's going to play out. I told you guys I would just give you the horse that I want on my ticket if possible. Three, I wanted my ticket to close. You mentioned Surrealist. Uh, horse did not run much at Kentucky Downs, but has been very close in a couple of the races, including a one-turn mile at Gulfstream last year. First try with Lasix. Horse just missed on, is that, was that Oaks Day? And then ran a good second again on the turf. 
Again, McPeak is going gangbusters. This horse got to prep. You got to have Surrealist on your ticket, in my opinion. It's Brian Hernandez. It's Ken McPeak. And the horse been a little bit of a disappointment, but this is a disappointing field overall. So give me Surrealist. A horse I did not like in the spring, uh, but I've got to give a look to here is Chastain. Uh, from Miguel Maine, who's yet to win a race this meet, shockingly, and Al Stahl, $425,000 purchased by Frosted. I did not like this horse in the spring, but maybe over the time off, it's done him some good. Uh, he ran against Magic Quest, ran against Altered Shot. There are a couple of nice horses. Horse showed incredible speed early. Had a bit of a rough trap in that, in that second start. So if this horse has progressed at all against a bunch of horses that had just kind of run around the track, you know, they're kind of got that career maiden feel to him. Uh, you have to use Chastain in case he were to wire the field and he's gotten better over the time off. So give me the six Chastain as well. And then to the outside, our good buddy Tom Drury has got a real, I think a decent horse here called Bongiorno B, who is out of joyful chaos. And I know that horse has produced somebody really good. I think somebody for Drury. I remember uh, Mama. I remember Mama. Yes. And there's another one too. So. This horse didn't run that bad first time out. Just, the, the aforementioned Dame Cinco we talked about earlier, this horse passed three horses, uh, may have needed the race. Tis now no, certainly knew his way around the Churchill uh, race track. He won the Breeders' Cup Classic out here, the Sire. So he's 12 to 1. If I'm going to play a pick six, I'm going to try to hammer the thing. So those are the three I want my ticket. Uh, Surrealist, the three horse, the six Chastain. And the ten Bongiorno B, and I'm I wouldn't be surprised if anything won the race. To be honest with you. Well, we agree on one of those. I've, I've made Bongiorno B a, an A. Uh, the other filly, just I mean, just taking a stab here. I thought number seven Alita. I thought you might say that. You might maybe just because I, the, the fact that they're bringing her back as a four year old. She didn't do anything in her first start. Calhoun uh, last year. She finished dead last, but they brought her back, and she's got a nice pedigree. They gave $350,000 for her auction. She's got she's got uh, some residual value as a broodmare. I would assume she would have more value if she could win a race. And they brought her back at Ellis. I thought that was an odd spot going two turns on the turf. Maybe that's the only thing they could find for her at the time, but you know, she didn't, she didn't run a step again. But maybe that legged her up. She's got some really nice works coming into this. Uh, September 18th bullet going four furlongs at Ellis going 47. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, that's pretty nice. And Maker gets Giroud to ride. I thought that was an interesting move. And, you know, I, I, she deserves to be every bit of 10, 15 to 1. But maybe she wakes up on the second start from Maker. Maker's got good numbers. Uh, I'm just seeing 24%, uh, second time start. Over a 180 day layoff. So, you know, at 10 to 1, she's worth, she's worth using. Uh, the only other one that I would consider maybe is number nine, Liberty Isle. Yeah. And she's been a disappointment, but she's running against some decent, decent fillies. Uh, going back to June 5th, she ran second to, or excuse me, ran third to Magic Quest, who was a nice rusty Arnold filly that went on to run second behind Caribbean Capered Ellis. And then after that, she, she ran fit, uh, second to Flash Magic, who just ran a ran a hole in the week that yeah. day, and she's and it's with the pot since. <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. That's so odd. But she she ran second. Uh, she traded punches over Front Street. I don't think a whole lot of Front Street. Um, but then you know they they shipped her to Colonial, and she was uh, three to five behind maybe later, 
and just finished a distant second. The only the only reason I, I like her is because they're they're adding Tyler Gaffley on, and right. maybe he, he can unlock something there. But uh, you know, going back to your 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 other two surrealists, uh, you know, she's probably the most accomplished in the race. Uh, I just I, I don't like the fact that she gives ground every time. It seems like she has the lead late. She doesn't finish real strong, but you know, uh, she might get on the lead and just run these off their feet. Yeah. And Ron Hernandez is really good at the one turn mile. He's really good at that, at that, at this trip. Yeah. And then six Chastain, I had that one as a B as well, or I had that one as a B. Um, something obviously happened in that last start. She finished seventh, a uh, distant seventh. Uh, I, I, I think that Philly's better than that. It's just a matter of how much better is she, is she. Two quick notes in that regard. I mentioned Kenny Peak's horse has not only been firing, they've been firing extremely well this meet. So has Al Stahl's limited runners. Uh, a couple of the ones that you see, the two winners he's had, those horses absolutely were rocket ships. So the, the few he's brought here have been ready to go. So that gives me a little, little more push to maybe include Chastain. And then you mentioned Liberty Isle a moment ago. My, my knock with that horse is this is a one turn mile. So I like to see a little more punch. Uh, with this one coming out two turn races, seems like it's kind of one pace going down the lane. But again, this horse could win the race by default, especially with Tyler aboard. And you did mention Alita. And I want quick thing about that. The running line does this checked early and often last time. So, you know, maybe there was a legitimate excuse there, but, uh, hopefully well, I, I remember the race. It wasn't, I mean, she was probably a little ranked, but it wasn't that bad. It was, okay. you know, but still, I, I would give her a shot second time. Of the year. So can we hit this thing? Can we hit this? Well, sounds like you and I need to get together and uh, play a ticket because we're just about on the same horses. If if we agree on pneumatic, we might be able to throw fifty or sixty dollars each, and maybe have a have a a ticket that we both like. Both that we both like, and yeah, maybe we go a little. Maybe do a little alternative to a pneumatic too, just in case, whatever, and try to get. Well, that's where you come back and play a pick five or pick four going against mm-hmm. pneumatic. That might even pay more than the pick six. We'll see. Whatever. But uh, we hope everybody, uh, one quick thing, Churchill, quick meet. Did a fantastic job this meet. Uh, I thought it was a good meet. Sometimes I'm very, uh, uh, I'm hesitant with the Timber meet because sometimes the, I don't think the talent is that strong, but I thought it was a solid meet. I really do. I know the purses had a lot to do with that, but considering there's no turf course, uh, again, anybody's ever heard me talk, I get pretty picky about short fields. I hate them. I hate them. Uh, there was a few here, but, you know, nothing out of the ordinary, so, uh, I was I was happy with the meet that they put forth this this meet. So, I'm looking forward to Keeneland Open on Friday. Big day, big weekend. Unfortunately, apparently they're sold out on Saturday. I was kind of maybe. Yeah. If we decide to go, we can go. But I mean, at LSU and Kentucky is that night too. So we'll see. I mean, that is going to be one packed house on Saturday. So. Oh my gosh! Uh, well, that racing, yeah, the racing is going to be so much fun. But, uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, perhaps think, Friday at Keeneland's an option. As I'm off work, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll okay. See. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's all. Uh, Give me a prediction on the score tonight, real quick. Uh, of course, by the time that people hear this, uh, the game will be over. But so make sure you make this count, CC. Uh, if Kentucky doesn't fumble the ball, I think they've got a shot. Uh, I think they've had some. I haven't caught every game, but I mean, isn't that right? I have turnover issues. Massive turnover issues. Well, while not creating turnovers, so yeah. I, if they don't, if they don't fumble the ball, I think they can keep this within one score. I'd say you know maybe twenty eight, twenty four. If they if they fumble the ball or they turn it over, it, it could be a blowout. But uh, yeah. we'll hope for uh, we'll hope they, uh, hope, uh, ball control. Let's hope for the best.
Me? Yeah. Uh, you, the, the turnover margin is extremely concerning. Uh, the passing game has got to get clicking a little bit more or whatever, but I do like the fact they run the ball primarily. I want, I want to see that continue. Hold on to football and try to get a pass rush. Uh, we'll see. Florida is explosive. Maintain the big plays. Uh, but you know how history has worked in this series. Kentucky has narrowed the gap. And Kentucky's a legitimate solid team. But, uh, you know, I feel, I feel like the spread's about right. Was it Florida by eight or so? Uh, but I'm going to go homer because I am a homer. And I'll take the cats, uh, twenty-seven, twenty-four. How's that? All right, take it to the bank. Yeah, don't do that. Not in this regard. Best of luck on the pick six, everyone. All right, all right that's all for now. Uh, we will be with you hopefully uh, late next week. Talk about Keeneland and opening weekend, and, and excited about that. But uh, until then, on behalf of Alan Schneider, this is CC Broadus reminding you that gambling money. Ain't got no home.